This is HPR episode 2451 entitled Server Basics 105 OpenVPN Client. It is hosted by Klaatu and is about 32 minutes long and carries a clean flag. The summary is Klaatu walks you through installing and configuring an OpenVPN client. This episode of HPR is brought to you by archive.org. Support universal access to all knowledge by heading over to archive.org forward slash donate. Hey everyone, this is Klaatu. This is Server Basics 104, 105, whatever we're up to now. This is the client side of OpenVPN. In the last exciting episode, we set up an OpenVPN server. We generated a bunch of keys, some of which we didn't even bother using. We set up the configuration file. And this time, we're going to do all of that over again, except for the client. So here we go. Let's get started. Now, the client certificates are dependent upon the server certificates. It's kind of like when you make an SSH key. Your public key is married to your private key. Without the private key, you couldn't generate the public key, and and certainly without the private key, you cannot authenticate uh, to the public key. So this is kind of the same deal. If if you just go off to a client computer and generate a certificate, that's not going to work very well because that client will never be able to then handshake with the server. So it all has to sort of happen with a, a certain infrastructure existing. And that's why in the previous episode I created a a little bit of a workspace uh, where I do all of my key management stuff. So I think in the previous episode I called that EasyRSA-Server, and if not, then I lied to you because that's what it's called on on my computer, so apparently that is what I called it in real life. And in EasyRSA-Server I have all the easy RSA stuff. I've got my PKI directory. Directory, you remember that? That's where all the all the the work kind of happens. All the keys get issued and everything. So we'll be using all of the, this sort of structure all over again. And the way that we'll do it is very similar to how we did it with the client. And in this case, if you recall, so we we don't need to do an init PKI because we've already done init PKI. If you if you recall. So we'll do an easy RSA space gen dash req for the, to generate the request, and we'll just call this client uh, zero, client zero. So this is yet another, uh, yet another uh, request to generate a key. So and it's going to ask us for our the PEM passphrase. So enter that twice. And then it asks for a common name. Now this should be unique to the client, so we wouldn't want it to be server or or dark star or anything like that. This needs to be something unique. We'll just call it client zero, which is what it defaulted to since that's who I'm requesting the key for. And then it tells you, okay, the key pair and certificate request has completed. Your files are in, and it tells you it's in the easy RSA server, so that's PWD, PKI, Rex, and in the PKI directory, private client zero, key. Cool. So we've got a little request, and we've got our private key. Now, all of this, that 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 step right there could have been done on the client, and then they can send you the request file 
and with the request file you can sign or, or rather with the server infrastructure you can sign their request file now again I have never actually done it that way because I've never had users capable of doing that much on a, in a terminal so we have the rec file already now again if you had clients who are savvy enough to do that themselves then they would send you the rec file and then you would import it into your sort of PKI structure so you would do a, a dot slash easy RSA import dash rec and then the location of the rec file that they had sent you which probably is your in your downloads uh, folder or something because it would be maybe in your email or you got it from your email and then you do a space client one to give it the common name of the thing that you uh, of the request that you're signing no, we don't have to do that right now because again we already have the rec file so it's not something that we have to do so what we can do though is we'll just we'll sign it so we'll do a dot slash easy RSA space sign dash rec space client because we're signing it as a, a for as a client certificate and then the name of the client whose request we are signing and we called that client zero and it kind of confirms this process just like this is familiar to you from the the server stuff it says uh, that the subject is common name equals client zero confirm the request details and it says to type in the word yes if it's correct and it is so I'm typing in the word yes enter a passphrase for this key so I'm just gonna do a really stupid simple password again which of course in real life I would never do you would never do and then certificate has been created at uh, PKI slash issued client zero dot CRT so now we've got a a, a cert uh, a certificate file for our client a client certificate and and this certificate we would send back to our client to our actual to, to the user who wants to sign into our log into our, our VPN so you would just you would grab that and you'd email it right back to the person now since we're doing all of this ourselves I'm going to grab all of those things that we've just generated and put them into a folder that I shall call client zero dash VPN so I'm gonna make a directory called client zero dash VPN and then I'm gonna move or I could copy I, I'm gonna copy because I like to well first of all because the first file that I'm gonna copy needs to stay with me but also just because I like to have this key infrastructure as kind of my big backup so first I'm gonna copy my ca.cert so that's the certificate authority certi certificate from PK from the easy RSA server folder from the PKI directory uh, CA cert so I'm gonna dump that into my client zero VPN and then I'm gonna grab my client zero dot cert which was dumped into the PKI slash issued directory if you'll recall and then I'm gonna copy the client zero dot key which I mean in real life like I said your client would actually have that so that's in the PKI slash private directory and uh, just for kicks if we get around to it I'm gonna grab the TA dot key from just out here in easy RSA and copy it into here as well and I'm not sure like I say th these episodes about this stuff has been going on uh, for quite a while so I don't know if we'll get around to to addressing all the TLS auth stuff but um, I feel like that's that's not exactly the most important thing about setting this up and and it's something that you can kind of turn on later so I'm not gonna worry about it too much 
and there are some some weirdnesses that that can make yeah i would say if this is your first time setting this up avoid the tls auth stuff for the first time get the open vpn wor working and then and then address tls auth um protections okay so anyway i've copied those four files ta key ca cert client zero cert client zero key into this uh, client zero dash vpn directory and then i'm going to i'm going to tar it up so tar cvf um, client zero dash vpn dot tar client zero dot dash vpn and then i'm going to copy it i'm going to secure copy it to my secret port over on my sample server which is in the Netherlands because I want to get outside my own network in order to get back into it. Okay, so I've just copied my client files over to my client. Once again, just to reiterate, it's probably probably fine, but just to reiterate, the all of the all of the client's things can be generated on the client's computer but they need to send you a request so that you can then sign it and send them back the certificate that you have generated from their request. Got it? Okay, cool. So uh, once all those files are with the client, they need to move them into the correct location. Now, whether you want to script this, uh, this process for them or not is up to you. It just kind of depends on the on the ability of your of your clients uh, of your users. So the places that everything goes are pretty similar to the server. Or I mean, really, they can go anywhere. But but and and you'll you'll point to them in your configuration file. But I'm just saying um, there's flexibility. But but what I'd try to do is just kind of mirror it on both on both systems so that so that there's less to kind of keep track of. So I copy, or I, I create a directory called certs in slash open, in slash etsy slash open VPN. And in certs, of course, I put the CA cert and the client zero dot cert. Makes sense. And then I make a directory called keys uh, in etsy open VPN keys. So in keys, client zero dot key and TA dot key. This just seems like a, an obvious way to do it. Now we're going to need a client.configuration file on our client. The location of this file is going to vary for you depending on what kind of what kind of um, client you're running. So like I say in in many of these distributions you get all the example files in in some location within user share. So if you kind of look around in your user share and in, on this client, it happens to be slash doc slash uh, slash open VPN slash, and then they didn't put it in samples, they put it in examples. And then in examples, there are sample dash config file dash files. And in sample dash config dash files, there's one called client.conf. So if you cat 
slash usr slash share slash doc slash openvpn slash examples slash sample dash config dash files slash client dot conf into slash etsy slash openvpn slash client dot conf then you'll get the kind of plain vanilla client configuration and that's a pretty good place to start to be honest these tend to be to be fairly sane i have found and and once again unfortunately a lot of this stuff is going to differ for you depending on how you think that this needs to get set up for your workflow and, and for your network structures and stuff like that but here's here's something that will work or anyway it should work it kind of depends on your network structure and where how you're testing all of this stuff for which i apologize i wish i could have come up with a, a way to sort of standardize this and i maybe i could have if i if we virtualized everything and sort of did it in a, a lab environment but I'm kind of just doing it with what I've got available right now so the first the first option in the configuration files what kind of what kind of which which part of the open VPN landscape this is and this the, this is of course a client which should be the default in the sample client.conf next option is what kind of device you want to create when you start OpenVPN and again this is a tunnel device a TUN device ton you can skip over a couple of lines here a couple of options and then there's proto of course that's UDP by default again and then this one's important it's remote remote of being like what you want to connect to when you start open open VPN so remote space and then either a host name or an IP address that's got to be there now if you're that there are different ways to configure open VPN uh, sort of um, I, I guess they're technically configuration files and, and 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 those you can kind of define different remotes and connect to them over through network manager that sort of thing and that's very fancy and very cool and very handy believe me but we're just I just want to get a proof of concept up right now so I'm just gonna hardwire my remote to my IP address to my uh, the static IP address of my of my home connection so that's my IP address and then the port is going to be space 1194 we remember that from our server configuration file we'll continue along the various options I think mostly a lot of these are going to just be uncommented by default so um, you can uncomment if it's not already uncommented resolve dash retry infinite that kind of that that doesn't end your open VPN session even if you know the internet goes down for a for a few moments or whatever and then you can do uh, no bind most clients don't need to bind to a specific local port user nobody group no group try to preserve some state across restarts persist dash key persist dash ton again if if there are problems sometimes you want to comment those out just for testing but I'm just gonna leave them uncommented because they're uncommented by default on this particular distribution so here's the parameters for where to find everything so again this is very very much like on the server CA the certificate authority is slash Etsy slash openvpn slash certs slash CA dot CRT you remember that we just we just we just put those there and then cert space slash Etsy slash openvpn slash certs slash client zero dot CRT and again we we just did that so you should remember key space slash Etsy slash open VPN slash keys client zero dot key so we're just pointing it to wherever we dumped the files and 
that's that's that. Now there is the TA key which we're not using yet and that is usually entered under TLS-auth but uh, I want to get OpenVPN up and working before we mess around with that. And now we need to generate or we need to tell it what kind of uh, what kind of server we're we're talking to. So I think by default it'll be ns-cert-type space server. And what we're going to do here is we're going to do remote-cert-tls space server. Now it also, at least on mine, it's got cipher commented out, but the comments say very clearly select a cryptographic cipher. If the cipher option is used on the server, then you must also specify it here. Now, you may not remember this, but we did do that on the server. So if we grep for um, AES, for instance, in slash openvpn slash server.conf on our server, we have cipher space AES-256-CBC. So I'm just going to copy that and middle click right here. So cipher AES-256-CBC. So that's important. It's something that uh, I missed even as I was doing this this little demo. Completely forgot to paste that in there. And then we want to also, and this will just generate a warning, but it's better to get fewer warnings, right? So we want to uncomment comp-lzo so that we're using the same kind of compression on both ends of our of our VPN. Like I say, I don't think that actually did anything but I saw a warning about it when I started a test so let's let's avoid that set the log file verbosity we'll set it very high again so verb 8 right now we'll mute 20 again so that repeating log error messages just don't get repeated we, we only need to see it a couple thousand times okay so the client configuration is done so save that and close and the keys and the certs are in the correct location on the client so we'll go back to our server. If it is not running yet today, then you need to start that. And remember, I gave you the big long command that you would use to start your server with the dash dash config, dash dash ask pass, and all that other stuff. So start that, and you should see a bunch of messages in your on your screen, or maybe not because you're de demonizing it, aren't you? Yeah. Oh, I'm I'm tailing. I'm tailing dash capital F slash var slash log slash open VPN dash log and that kind of shows you some interesting output if you want to see that as you know on the server side okay so actually in this this makes me think of something I think we've already done this once together in so far as we can you may you probably need to uh, open a port in your firewall now you may or may not be running a firewall for this test, uh, but chances are you are running a firewall in your router. So whatever you need to do to get into your router, do that, and then find your port forwarding section, or sometimes they call it virtual servers, or sometimes they call it, you know, totally weird things like well, DMZ, I guess. No, that wouldn't be. That, I don't think they would put it there. But um, you know, they they sometimes call it like gaming. I mean, it's just it just depends. Uh, but it's something that you need to because routers, home routers, usually have a little firewall, and they're not going to let people just come into your 
home router just any way they want. So you need to open up the 1194 port and point that any traffic at 1194 coming to 1194 to your VPN server. So whether that's your Raspberry Pi on your in, on, you know by your bed or whether it's uh, your 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 workstation, whatever's running OpenVPN as the server, it needs to get the traffic destined for 1194 coming in on your home router or or whatever port you're using for your OpenVPN. So I have uh, done OpenVPN. I've done external port start, external port end, uh, protocol UDP, internal port, internal port. So those are all the same. I'm just I'm not changing them. I'm just putting them at 1194 for for simplicity. And then the server IP address. So that's the the workstation that I'm running my VPN server on. It's 10.1.1.2, and it's enabled. So that's that's my router configuration. So you probably need to do that on your end as well. And if you've got a firewall running on your OpenVPN server, then you need to poke a hole in that as well. And again, you know what kind of you know the protocol, you know the port, so you know how to do that now. Uh, and if you don't, go back to the episode on firewalls and listen to that explanation again. Okay, so assuming that you have done that, and you have to do that first because this test is going to fail horribly if you do not. Then you can go over to your, you can back over to your client, which we've got configured. We've got our server started, and we've got our firewall opened up to 11.94 UDP traffic. Now we need to mess around with this client. So the first couple of attempts are going to fail, and that's okay because it's a good learning experience. So the way that this particular distro wants me to start OpenVPN is to do OpenVPN space slash Etsy slash OpenVPN slash client.conf. And it gives me some output because I've got my verbosity pretty high. And it's asking me for my private key password, which I've given a silly little four-letter password. And now it's giving me a lot of output. That's probably too much output, to be honest, but that's okay. Um, and now, if I do an IP adder show, I should reveal, yep, that my tunnel exists. But if I try to do anything like pinging, now remember our default VPN subnet is 10.8.0.0, right? If we, we did that in the server configuration. That, that was just the default VPN subnet. So we, we used it. Now, unfortunately, if I try to ping that from my client, it it just kind of it just kind of hangs there. And a useful one for that is ping dash c like three ten dot eight dot zero dot one. And that 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 says ping this place three counts, and then and then bail out. And that way you don't just sit there for an infinite amount of time waiting for this thing to die. Yeah, there it goes. Hundred percent packet loss. 204 milliseconds. All right. Well, so that that didn't work out so well. So what's the problem? Well, I'm gonna. It's a fun one to diagnose. I assure you. The the first clue is that if you look at the IP adder show ton zero, um, it's it's really really empty. And if you're not used to IP adder uh, output, you can do an if config ton zero, and and again, you should you should kind of see that it's pretty barren. Uh, it, it, the hardware address, the MAC address, is all a bunch of zeros. There's no IP address. There's no mask. There's just nothing. Nothing set on ton zero. So that's our first problem. So in order to fix that, uh, I don't know. I mean, I started with Slackware, and 
back in those days when I started, I had to bring up my, well, I didn't have to, I just didn't know how to do it any other way. I had to bring up my network card manually. And the way that you do that is if config um, ton zero up or something like that. Nowadays, of course, we, we're, we're, we're fancy and we use the IP thing. So it's IP space link space set space up space dev space ton zero. So that is IP link. It's because it's a, a link um, and then set. So we're setting it and then up. We're bringing it up the device. Oh, dev. Which device is it? Ton zero IP link setup dev ton zero. And those are all individual strings. Uh, so I hit return there, and now if I do an IP adder show ton zero, I see not a whole lot else. I, I don't really see a whole lot that's been added. Now if I do an IP adder add tin dot eight dot zero dot six slash twenty four space dev space ton zero now I'm assigning an IP address to my ton zero device so I can do an IP adder show ton zero and I've just brought it up to the tin dot eight dot zero dot six uh, IP address or I've just assigned it to that IP address rather uh, and so now technically I should be able to ping 10.8.0.1 so I do a count three and 10.8.0.1 actually pings I didn't expect it to be able to ping There's there, there may be one other thing that you have to do and that thing is you may have to route your OpenVPN traffic to the subnet that you want to reach so in order to do that you want to look at your routing table so if you type in just the word route, you see maybe the default routes of your network. And again, it, it kind of depends on your network layout, whether you even need to do this step, but and your distro and how how much, you know, sort of how, how well they take care of your of all your different open VPN presets. But for me, I'm gonna do I'm gonna do this route addition just so that you know how to do it if you need to, and that is route space add space dash net. So we're adding a network or a subnet really. Uh, 10.8.0.0 slash 24 space dev space ton zero. So we're telling the route the routing table here to to route all traffic from our ton zero device to the subnet 10.8.0.0 with a mask of 255.255.255.0, which is the default. So, well, I mean, it's the default for what we told it. Um, so that's that's adding a routing entry into our table. And now if we do a ping count 3 10.8.0.1, we get, we, we actually get through. We've, we've, we've got 0% packet loss. Uh, 301 milliseconds is the speed to my VPN, and we're talking to each other. And we can test that the other way around if we go over to our server window and do a ping dash C3 10.8.0. I think I said 6. 
and yeah, uh, we're reaching that as well, 0% packet loss, about 310 milliseconds as well. So it's they're talking to each other. They are actually on the same network now, which is exciting. Uh, so in, in theory, I should be able to do other things like SSH into 10.8.0.1 as myself, not as this fake user here. Cloud 2 at 10.8.0.1. And if I do that, yeah, it picks up my uh, SSH private key and I'm in. So there you go. So yeah, that's setting up OpenVPN. It, it took two episodes to get us here, but we're here. The server side, it, it's not technically technically too difficult to set up as you could see. I mean, once you do all the things that you're supposed to do, the certs and the keys, and you get them all in the right place, and you, the configuration file's kinda simple, I mean, you get it up and running. The The difficult part, at least, I think, is the part where you're getting back to the server from outside. It's difficult to test. It's difficult to debug. It's, it's just, it's, that kind of is a beast. It, this is, again, different, very different from, for instance, SSH, where you set up SSH and it's done. You know, there's there's really only one configuration of, S, of SSH. People get onto your server that's that's the extent of it how you how you let them in and what how how you authenticate that's up to you but once it's set up that's it vpn's a little bit different it's it's highly dependent obviously on the network that it is then opening up to people so you you might want your clients for instance to pipe everything through vpn you might want your clients to only pipe certain traffic through your vpn maybe you want them to be able to access uh, more than you know not not tunnel everything through through your vpn uh maybe you want to add extra authentication or another layer another type of authentication maybe you want to hook into some something else so it's it it can be very you can really take it in a lot of different directions so where do you go from here well you research what your organization the theoretical organization you research what they what they need what and what they would require, what you would need to do for OpenVPN in order to, to to correctly and safely open your network up to whoever has authenticated into it. So look that stuff up, and then look up what configuration options you need to to flip in the configuration file. My advice, as as ever, I guess, would be to make sure that you are making changes in small chunks. If possible, manage all of your configuration files, back them up. The worst thing in the world is to get a configuration file to the point where, yes, the server is running. Yes, the clients can connect. Quick, I'll just flip this one little bit so that we can turn on whatever, and suddenly nobody can connect and everything goes away. That's the worst feeling. And, and now, what did you change in your configuration file? You have no idea. You've forgotten. So back that stuff up. Don't make any stupid changes at the last minute and expect it to just ripple through. There's going to be surprises, so take it slow. Do your research. Figure out what you absolutely need and tweak your configuration files to suit. And that's that's it. That's OpenVPN. That's all I've got for you. I hope you enjoyed this. I think it has been super informative. I wish I'd had these two episodes when I was first getting started with OpenVPN. So take all of this knowledge, mess around with it, have a good time. Good luck.
You've been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by an HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, then click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club and is part of the binary revolution at bingrev.com. If you have comments on today's show, please email the host directly, leave a comment on the website or record a follow-up episode yourself. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 3.0 license.